Hi there, and welcome to JK We Are Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am the magician master of this podcast. And what that means is... I spend a lot of time staring off into the middle distance while I think of things that could possibly happen in this world. That's basically most of my job, uh, that and editing the podcast, but uh, mostly just sitting on the couch and kind of staring off into nothingness until uh, Nadine asks me, what, what are you, are you okay? But why do I spend all this time staring off into the middle distance so that I can have friends to bring into the middle distance with me. And who are those friends? Well, let's meet them now. Hello, guys. It's me again, Lucas Fischer, and I play Jasper Casper, who is a human from the non-magical world. And all that Jasper wants is to try and find a place to belong. And I'm sure that we can help him. We will. One way or another. Yeah. Or, or don't. Don't help him. I don't care at this point. He has to be on his own. He has to be on his own. Ah, that sounds a bit mean. Why, 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 why are we so macabre today? <laughs> Hello there, my name is Sebastian Kinder and I play Eric Miller, a musician magician with a troubled past. There are a lot of people who have forgotten who he is. Some he wishes would forget, some um, who kinda still don't remember him. Heck, so many things that are confusing. I'm sure at some point people will remember him entirely. That's at least what I hope. Hey everybody, I'm Nadine Kuhn and super excited about today's episode because my pixie elf character is about to read the mind of a very important person. Maybe she will finally figure out how to fly. I'm really, <laughs> like, I really hope this person can make me fly. I wonder what the thoughts are. Nadine is convinced that by rolling this one natural 20, she has won the game. Like, the, which of the game is won. This, was, this is the last episode. We will all figure out our problems today. And we will find Flip. We will know what the I Night Zarin is about. And we will figure out about everything about she and her and whatever. And also, why, why bumpers of Russell Book? And the most important part, you will finally know who the one person with the ukulele is. Mm. <laughs> yes. And then I want to go back to the altar that we also have in our room <laughs> that we didn't even think about. So y'all thinking about this makes me nervous. Yeah, you you definitely did leave some, some loose ends at the castle <laughs> where probably nothing is happening. <laughs> but you know what? We crossed that bridge when we're in front of it. So <laughs> Hey, <laughs> trademark Nadine Kuhn. I just feel like I imagine Cecily in the next episodes, like going through the castle, the ukulele guy, the foundation stone, the altar. <laughs> now she can finally start week three of, of her school. <laughs> y'all basically are in week three. It's uh, Saturday already. Uh, y'all are like halfway through your Saturday. Time's running when you're having fun, you know. Am I right, folks? <laughs> So much happening. So I got a little question for the three of you today. I just was thinking about, you know, we've talked about your favorite food. We've talked about favorite animals. Uh, and I feel like let's bring it back to basics. You know, on Dungeons and Daddies, which if you don't listen to, uh, do listen to this great podcast that helped inspire us to create this podcast here. Uh, it's also an actual play podcast. I should have said that. Uh, one of the players always goes through his five senses. Uh, what's his favorite? Uh, taste, touch, sight these kinds of things. Uh, and I want to ask about your character's favorite smells. Yeah, what's your favorite thing to smell? Hmm. We're waiting with bated breath. If you're asking me like this spontaneously, I have to say, you know, Jasper, he is kind of a family guy in a way, so it has to do something within his family boundaries. You know, he loves the smell of his dad. <laughs> <laughs> his aunt on Uzodome. No, no, Sabine, Aunt Sabine. Aunt Sabine. But, uh, I have to tell you, Michael, you're quite close. Yeah. Oh, okay. no. It's not the sense. smell of Aunt Sabine, but when he is on Uzodome, there is, of course, like a bathroom on Uzodome, and Aunt Sabine. Just one. Just, <laughs> Just one. one. Just one for all the Uzodome guys. It gets weirder and weirder. No, but there's like a bathroom which Sabina always fills with like these um yeah smell. How do you say like like this Raumerfrischer? Potpourri? Air yeah. dispensers? Air dispensers? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. She fills it oh, with a flavor of banana. <laughs> 
Did you say manana? No, banana. 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 I was like, what's a manana? <laughs> I'd like to know that too. So we go for a banana instead. It's like a mixture between a like man smell, a very manly mm-hmm. smell, and a banana. Mm-hmm. It's a banana. Sure. It sounds like a, a flavor of a drink that is specifically targeted for like sports, right? Like it's like a sports workout drink. Manana. 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 Mango and banana. Manana. Tropical drink. Ooh. That's right. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> New one. Okay, so uh, Jasper's favorite smell is banana. Sorry, I mean banana. <laughs> uh, specifically, bathroom banana from your aunt's bathroom. Sorry, is he hanging out then in his free time in that bathroom because he likes it so much? Is he like reading books there and like doing things? You know, sometimes because they have a very fluffy rag on the floor, which he always, you know, crumbs together as like more of a pillow. And then he sits there listening to audios and then just, you know, reading books or something. Pondering his life, his existence. We have that in common. I hope he finds a place where he belongs. Then he doesn't have to hang out there well, anymore. Now we know where he belongs, in his aunt's bathroom. <laughs> Obviously, that's how we solve all of his problems. Um, I was thinking... Uh, and the first thing that came into my mind, what Eric's favorite smell would be. Music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can taste colors. I see music floating in front of my eyes. Oh my I thought we are uh, a little bit lower rated for PG, but fine, let's do that. It's a tricky question. It's just anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but given there are quite a lot of instruments and that he uh, likes to hang around uh, Jonathan's place where he builds so many instruments, uh, he likes the smell of polished wood from instruments. Yeah. Mm. I do like the smell of that, like the the oil that you use for mm-hmm. guitars. So it has a lemony smell. It's kind of actually very nice. Exactly. Well, for Sassley, it's fresh baked peanut butter cookies. It's just easy because <laughs> every Christmas, uh, Rosemary Nature Spring, her mom, will make them very fresh in the night. Remember, that's the that's that's yeah, the night where her dad and yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right and Sassley, where they always like sneak down and they just steal some. And when when Sassley smells that in the night, her ears start moving, her nose starts wiggling, and then she's like super light like almost flying out of bed like and one of those just... cartoons where the nose <laughs> yes. floats you know <laughs> their body follows yes. that's her favorite smell <laughs> perfect and how nice for you that you have some peanut butter of your mother's with you how lucky you are in the in this moment did you when did you give her the peanut does she have the peanut butter now sebastian uh the rest let's say yes Yes, he did. Did he, he did. do that or did he heal me with a spell? No, he gave he, he used the peanut butter when you were actually knocked out and then later he used a spell to heal you. Gotcha. And and himself as well. So I have it next to my Albertridge egg. Yes, next to your Albertridge egg. And somewhere in your pocket is maybe still a barley sour corn if it hasn't slipped out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, We did end on, I'll be honest, I didn't want to stop playing at the end of the last episode. I wanted to keep going, but, uh, well, folks, we make this for entertainment purposes. We hope that you were on the edge of your seat as much as I was, and I know our players were waiting to find out what's going to happen now that Sassley has rolled a natural 20 to cast a spell to read this pixie elf's mind who they were following. We will finally find Flip. <laughs> so I don't want to wait any longer. Without much further ado, whoa, without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of JK We Are Rolling. Defenseless Verständnis! <laughs> <laughs> Last time on JK, we are rolling. Our group finally arrived in Schimmerheim. Iserve invited us into his cabin and told us how he had followed a trail of clues and contacts to track down a member of the Einheit Seren working out of a bakery. Afterward, Mildred took us shopping to replace our school uniforms and on the way back we witnessed all of the blue glowing crystal that cover the city turn red. The people of Shimmerheim were clearly worried and uncomfortable about this nightly event. 
Mildred explained that the crystals measure latent amounts of potency and deftness-based magic in the air, but she had no idea what could cause that to happen. The next day, we all went to stake out the bakery, the Risen in the Eye. We went in to talk to the baker, but didn't notice anything strange until Jasper noticed something about a small boy and his mother as they left the bakery. The child was in fact a pixie elf in disguise. We decided to follow the strange pair through the city and side streets. We were nearly noticed as the streets became emptier, but at that moment Cecily let off a powerful mind-reading spell at the elf. Who knows what will happen now, but it's clear that the fate of the city and more rests in the mind of the strange elf and Cecily's magic. So, there you are. Now, Mildred and uh, Yuzedva in the form of a salamander, Jasper and Eric, you have ducked behind a building. Uh, just kind of a, a brick building, maybe apartments, maybe there's stores on the, on the lower level, but you didn't really get a look. You just ducked around the side of this as quickly as you could because the crowds that you were hiding in had started to thin out and you realized you were becoming more and more suspicious as you followed this couple in front of you. A couple that you had at first thought was a mother and her young son but which Jasper realized was, in fact, not a child, was a pixie elf in disguise. Now, you know that pixie elves are in the city sometimes. When you checked in through customs, there was this guard that checked you in that gave Jasper a little trouble, and he didn't react super crazy to Sassley walking in. So you knew, oh yeah, he probably sees pixie elves every now and then. But this pixie elf is trying to hide the fact that they are pixie health. They are disguising themselves for some reason. That's automatically suspicious. So you followed this pair, and as you started to become painfully obvious as a group of people following them, you all ducked around the side of a building because Sassley said to you, don't worry, I got this. And Sassley tried to read the mind of this pixie elf that you were following. She used the spell Defenseless Verstandness, and the way that this spell works is it's on a sliding scale. It does not really ever fail, but on a one, you get basically no help, maybe like a word. You might read someone's bind and they say, says taco, uh, you know, and you're like, hmm, taco. This is clearly the secret to everything. And what's even worse is when you roll very low, people are aware that you have tried to read their minds if they are magically aware in that way. If you roll higher, you can get some useful information. Maybe you can even find the information that you're looking for. And then you also become more able to use your magic in a way that is not detectable by others. What Sassley did, standing in the middle of the street with her wand extended straight out in front of her, was roll a natural 20. Not only that, but this is her stat which has a plus 2. And she even gets an additional plus one to the stat because she is a pixie elf. She gets some extra bonuses to magic, which is why she has a little less constitution than other people, but she does get a bonus to her magic. This is the highest possible role that you can get right now, that any of you characters can get without help from an item or somehow boosting their magic power. There is no higher role. And that is why the following is going to happen. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm very, very nervous. Just want to say that I need it. I need to talk out. I need to say it out loud. So because people can't see it, I absolutely understand it. Sassley, you're standing in a thinning crowd of people. Just I, I say the word crowd, but no, there's a few others on the street with you. But you tune these out. You've never attuned yourself to magic so finely before. You point your wand forward, targeting the pixie elf that you're following in front of you, and you say defenseless verstandness. Sassley, you let loose a bullet of penetrating deafness-based influence magic. But this time, you don't use it in the way that you're used to. You're used to shoving someone's thoughts and feelings in a specific direction. Instead, you allow the magic to move towards its target invisibly, touching nothing. And this time, you send your awareness with it to enter the mind of this individual. You feel in this moment as if 
your magic shifts into a track, like a ski ball going into the hole worth 150 points at a carnival, or a charged Hot Wheels car gliding along the lane that's specifically made for it. Yes, these are the <laughs> metaphors that I chose to use. <laughs> it's like you've slotted into some very specific kind of railing that's guiding you, and you don't know what that is, but you follow it. You enter the mind of this elf completely, and you feel distantly something towards the back of your chest or your heart or your stomach switch on. It's like you'd had a cord plugged into you all along, but there was no electricity running through it until this moment. You have never used this form of magic so potently before, and you have blasted your consciousness fully into this other being without caution. You are flung suddenly through a tempest of thought and emotion and memory, and you're fighting to hold on to yourself. This mind is a storm, a dark place, grim, and you feel a sense of dread, inevitable purpose giving this mind shape. You try to cast a net to get the information you want, but it slips from your fingers and you are hurled into the depths of something that is seated deep within this creature. A dark room. Firelight burns somewhere from a source in the back of the room. Your eyes adjust to the darkness. A violet, fist-sized crystal is suspended in a metal casing above you, casting long, purple shadows over the room. It's a moderate-sized room, but the furnishings are well-made. The carpeting that covers the stone floor is rich. There are no windows. You feel it. This place is secret. You stand looking in a mirror at yourself. Pure red hair, the color of flames, jet from your head above your delicate, sharp features. You are small of frame, and you realize still a child, not more than 15 years old, which for a pixie elf is still considered infancy. This would make you much younger than Sassley is now, for instance. A thickly built male elf stands beside the mirror next to you. Jet black hair. A hideous scar travels over the lips on the left side, vertically. Something black and thin and filmy is shifting and moving in the darkness behind him. My son, don't be frightened. This is our blessing. We are the chosen of the Weave Mother, the wings of the kingdom. It is time for you to take your place. The people will need to see it. He stares at you intently. You hear yourself say, Father, I'm scared. Then so be it. There's a silence. He's waiting for something. You stare into the mirror. You hear yourself speak again. Will it hurt? He looks down at you. Oh, yes. Very much. I, at this moment, as you stare into the mirror and begin to speak, a face overlaps yours. It's as if the mirror slightly disappears. A female face, white hair. Your eyes seem to glow purple as her eyes align with yours, and a voice rings in your head. It shakes your bones. It breaks your mind. Welcome, Dante, son of Dryash, future king of the Elfin. You begin to scream as your body racks with pain, and you fall to the ground as your father begins to laugh with glee. <laughs> Snap. Sassley, you come to yourself, and... You try to pull yourself closer to the information you want and the information you need. You realize you cannot stay in this place for too long. You leap mentally away from this moment of pain and towards the present. Snap. 
You can immediately feel that you are older. You sit in a grand hall. Before you, a woman with short brown hair, a cold blue gaze, stark and pretty. She stands in the middle of the hall. You recognize her, Sassley. It's the woman that you're following right now. You address her, not you, but Dante. Your attendants are at your sides as light filters in through the stained glass of this stone fortress. You hear yourself say, The people of Pixidor accept your terms, witch. You get up from your throne and cross the floor to her. The stone is cold and comfortable underneath your feet. Two guards move behind you and with you. It has long been time that I join the fray myself. But know this, I do not know how you have come to curry favor with our mistress, but do not dare try to supersede me, human. My goals are within reach, and if you and yours get in my way, my retinue will have no issue to smite you. The human's head is bowed, and she merely says, I wouldn't dream of it, your grace. Snap. You are running out of time in the real world, Sassley, and you know your target is escaping you. With these memories that you are receiving, you feel a sense of urgency more than you have ever before to get to the information you need. You leap further, further towards the present. Snap. You work here. You knew him. Where is the key? What is the key? Slap. Spittle flies from your lips as you yell and lands on the face bare inches away from you. An old man, a wizard, chained, whammied, neutralized, barely holding on to life. Three elves stand behind you in dark robes. I only commissioned some projects at this lab. I was not intimately acquainted with the man screams as jagged shards of ice whip past you on a furious wind this is coming from the elves behind you they are casting magic your cloak billows around you your hair moves in the wind like a candle flame by a window if you are of no use to me i will dispose of you don't you want to live human slithe I have nothing to give you, the man shouts back in pain. You take a moment and you straighten yourself. Fine, then die. You mutter under your breath, and you feel the uncontrollable heat that comes over you sometimes when you're faced with incompetence. When faced with impossible odds, reminders of your hardships, when faced with the blight that is humankind. But if you become a Wiederganger, you feel yourself say, best of luck finding your way to the material realm. May my mistress torture your shade even in death. As you say this, you rise into the air, using the current of the storm whims around you. Your wings fully extend out from you, red and orange like fire and shimmering with power. You shout a curse as Lightning arcs from your arms and chest and obliterates this poor soul. Snap. Just a moment left. One second. You need specific information. Where, where, where was this man killed? You reach out and grab a picture from this elf's mind's eye. You got it. You know where they are working out of in Shimmerheim, and you know how to get there. In this moment, having the information that you need, you release this man from your spell and your eyes snap open as the woman and elf disappear into the crowd out of reach of you, and you fall a foot to the ground from where you have been flying. (sighs) Now I will explain what the others saw. What you saw was Sassley tells you all to get to the side. Mildred had pulled you along with her. You hid behind this building, you saw Sassley extend her wand, mutter something under her breath, and her eyes fully rolled into the back of her head, and she stood there in the middle of the street for about 10 seconds, and then her wings seemed to 
extend or grow larger somehow. It was like they were filled with power. They begin to move powerfully in the air. And she flew with her wings about a foot into the air with her eyes rolled all the way back into her head. Oh my gosh. And she didn't even realize that. That is the worst. <laughs> she was not aware that it was happening. From there, as you saw her hovering about a foot, Mildred got worried and the three of you ran onto the street. And so when Sassley falls, she falls into the three of you waiting to catch her. Sassley? Sassley? Let go of me, let go of me, let go of me. (laughs) Hey, hey, calm down. Guys, I need to tell you something. It's bad. And Sassley turns around and tells them what she just saw. Her ears are moving fast. Uh, uh, the tip of her ears are very hot. They're like moving. This is terrible. I felt it. I became that person. I became Dante. I was so powerful. I did so much mean stuff. It is horrible. So does it mean that, that you're connected to this, this Dante? I don't know. It feels like I became him. Roll deftness. 17. When you cast this spell you felt this thing click on inside of you, like you had an electric pulse suddenly running through an area where you'd never had it before. When you broke the connection with Dante, even amidst all the other things you were feeling and realizing and the magic that you were releasing, you felt it go out. That thrum of energy is no longer there. It's like when I cast that spell, someone like plucks something into my body, like, Pulled some kind of energy inside of myself, inside of me. I, I, I cannot explain. The only thing is, I know where the person died. You mean the old wizard? Yes, I know where he died. I wonder if we should go there. Well, uh, we came here to look into what these people are doing. And I mean, it's not good, guys. It's not good. And this sounds far more dangerous than what I had anticipated. But... We don't know how long they'll be here. We don't know what they're up to. I'm terrified of what they might be trying to accomplish. If it's possible at all, we should try to uncover what they're doing and stay out of sight. I don't want to directly interfere with them. I just want more information while we have them here. They're pretty hard to track down, it would appear. And Salamander on her shoulder nods its head. Yes. Very difficult. Mm-hmm. Whilst we spend all the time with Cecily explaining us what happened to her, are we able to try to keep looking at the two people in front of us where they were last heading? You know the direction they were heading. You, I assume, you let them walk away because they had yeah. almost kind of in their periphery spotted you. <laughs> so that was the danger of you had failed that last sneak roll and it was getting dicey for you. And, but you do know the direction that they were heading. And Sassley, you know the rest of the way. I mean, if you keep heading this direction and you follow through a few side streets, you know exactly where the building is. Uh, Jasper, roll investigation. 15. Yeah. Just to follow up on something, when you had seen this pixie elf for the first time and you thought, wow, this pixie elf is dressed so similarly to Sassily, this looks the same, like really, really similarly. Why are these disguises so similar? Now you realize what it is, why it looked so identical to you. Most pixie elves wouldn't have to hide wings. Sassily's the only pixie elf that you've ever known who had to hide them. But Dante had worn a very similar cloak so that he had almost that small hunch in his back, just like when you first met Sassley on that first day. As Sassley relays the, the visions that she saw to you and tells you and talks about seeing these wings of fire, kind of, or not really wings of fire, but these wings, the color of fire that had come out from Dante as he had begun to fly in this vision, it clicks in your brain. Oh, that's why it was so similar. He's hiding wings as well. Do you remember when you said, like, your wings are one of a kind? Like, you're one of very, very few pixie elves. They are. They are one of a kind. Look at them. Yeah, they're they're nice. But I think if we look at that pixie elf we just saw, I think we found another, another one with wings. That can just mean two things. 
It's either that this is an ancient elf or he also accidentally created himself wings. That can also be... But I, he seemed to work. I wonder what spell he used. We are not going to ask him. No, no, no worries. I was just talking and thinking. It's fine. But do you think that we should, you know, follow the place that you found out? We should totally do that. I think we should hurry up, but we should try to stay in a safe distance. That sounds like a good idea. I approve. So Mildred says, all right, yeah, good plan. Let's uh, let's just wait several minutes here and uh, try to stake out wherever these folks are hiding. Mm-hmm. Yezzy, you uh, staying in this form here? And Salamander nods. Yeah, gonna gonna keep gonna keep the party looking like one less person for a little while. Funny, Meldo. Now you call him Yezzy. I gave him that nickname. You usually call him Yez. Well, you know, diff- whatever, Sasley. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just gonna start calling you Sass because that's what you are, pure Sass. I like that. Oi, oi, oi. Can you call me Jess? Like Jess ends. Jess. Yeah, sure. Hmm? I find it ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Sass, Jazz, Eric. <laughs> A little bit more difficult with my name. I know. Sir Eric the Bold. <laughs> you can all wait a little while. And Sassley, you can absolutely lead the way to what you know is actually a laboratory. Or a laboratory, as normal people might say. <laughs> you are walking towards this area. And Mildred is looking around and she says, I think I actually know what this is. As you're walking into this area, you see that... Most of the buildings here don't seem to be used, and most of them don't look like they have been used in a while. The buildings, some of them look like they used to be really nice, some look less nice, but very much practical buildings. These are not government buildings, there are no churches in this area, there's no schools, there, this is just practical buildings, but a almost like a warehouse district, you know? Lots of them. Uh, and Mildred says... So, uh, basically, the city here is governed by a two-part system. There's the Lord Mayor, Petra Hardhoof, and there's the Blue Council, which uh, is in charge of commerce and uh, stuff like that. The Blue Council has five members in charge of different parts of commerce, uh, like uh, one's in charge of mining for magic materials, one's in charge of tourism, the whole Europa Park thing, um, one's in charge of fashion and arts, and they all have special names, the Euro Division, the Earth Division, the Arcane Earth Division, the Shimmer Division, the Glee Division. But there used to be a sixth member of the Blue Council, the Science Research Division. Uh, Shimmerheim was one of the first cities to ever heavily invest in magical science research but that was a long time ago and since then it's been defunded and this was the part of the city that where 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 most of that took place that's why the city is covered in magic glowing crystals and there's such a heavy magical energy here is because in its early days that's what the city was before europa park existed above and it was basically a tourist trap so you're walking past all these old science buildings these old laboratories Kind of creepy, kind of cool, and Sassley, you know that you're getting close. The kind of cliff edge that you're on begins to widen out, and there's actually kind of a small hill here, which does, you know, would afford you to look down on the building that you want to look at. And you know this would be the best tactical place to look. Okay, guys, we need to hurry up and go up on the hill. I think that's exactly the right place to be because I feel like we can see the best from there. Come on, everyone. Well, guys, what are we going to see? I don't know. I think it's going to be where they tortured the man, the wizard, the main laboratory. Guys, I'm scared. Yeah, me too. But let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So the four of you, technically the five of you, get to the crest of this hill and you look down. And 
Sassley points to the entrance that she knows is where the Einheitser are now working out of. There it is. <laughs> and what you see is basically a, a door that's set into the wall. It comes out from the wall, though, but you can see that whatever building this is, is built into the rock of the, this cliffside. Uh, so the building exists inside of this, and you don't actually know what the building is or what the shape of it might be. But you know this is the entrance. Standing outside that entrance are two men in dark cloaks. That reminds me very bad of Honey Heist. Play Honey Heist, but don't run it as your first ever campaign like, uh, <laughs> like I did. What, uh, what a fool I was. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening all this time. This is going to be the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So there are, there are two human men standing outside here. And uh, everybody can roll investigation if you want. Investigation. Yeah, I'll roll one for Mildred as well. 11. 17. 10. Mildred also got a 17. One of these men standing outside has golden eyes. And the other man standing outside, you would not notice this normally, but starting on the neck, you're really looking, you're really scales seem to lead down to the chest. But just, you can just see the tip of maybe two triangular patterns of scales. He leans a bit more forward. Are those scales? Yeah, the scales, Eric. You can see that very clear. There are two rows. <laughs> I can actually see that, <laughs> that very well. <laughs> yeah, and golden eyes on this other one. I don't know if that has something to do with this uh, cult. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I feel like we can probably take two of these guys, right? I mean, maybe we just knock them out or what? Well, I don't think Mello would suggest that if that wouldn't be the right move to do. <laughs> I truly have no idea. These people could possibly... No, no, Mello, we trust you. Overpower us. I think we can totally do that. I can also always, like, hit him with my plus one. But the thing is... I'm also not really an influence magic person. I know that's more what you three can do i i'm more like uh you know i'm bad like. at talking that is great people don't really like you when they meet you for the first time but that's, you know you have a okay, good that seems good weirdly score. personal but all right um, yep. um let's not go in that direction all right why not they're standing right there we have to hit him we go in that direction we punch him with the plus that's one. not what i meant but fine so what's the plan <laughs> I can always do defenseless verständnis. It worked out very well the first time. But these people might just seem a little more empty-headed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to use my energy on, like, listening to nothing. Um, well, guys, I can be on the safe side. I can try to um, form my, my, um, my wand to, like, a baseball bat. And then, like, if, if we have to deal with it, we can just still hit them. Um... Let me see. Can I cast Reckon for Decken to figure out if there's anything around that's like um, something that I can feel? Yeah. Oh, that reaction means there's probably nothing. I'm always happy with that, with a random Reckon for Decken casting. Okay, so it's random. So <laughs> here's the thing. As a player, as a, as a human, as a human player, <laughs> if we just start a fight in front of this situation we don't know what's gonna cause that what's gonna happen afterwards so before we like stupidly and blindly like do lichtes bichtes or zauberschlag i feel like we should try to figure out what the options are and what's happening mm -hmm. i would like to do um, an investigation because i'm searching i give you my intention just by searching for something that is maybe on the rocks above them which I can, you know, hit with the Zauberschlag and then mm -hmm. make it fall down on them to get them unconscious. It's a sheer cliff face above them, so there's nothing specific. But uh, roll that investigation. Roll. Roll it. Oh, please. Roll it. Um, it's 17. Yes. Since you're searching the rocks, I'll tell you this. There is a doorbell, and that might be a way that they might alert anyone inside if something... Bad goes on out here. 
That is not good. We shouldn't hit that with so much luck. Yeah, because I feel like if I don't hit them and I miss, I might hit the doorbell. That is also not good. What I'm thinking about is most likely, now that we also have the doorbell, which is kind of an alert thing, how far away of those is that thing? Very, very close mm -hmm. to it. They are standing on either side of the door, and the doorbell, it's, it's a doorbell, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's to the left side of the door. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I had miraculous <laughs> hope, you know? Guys, as a player... Oh, God. Nadine, how many influence points do you still have? All of them. Um, you all slept, right? Did you all have all yeah, of them? Yeah, I have all of them. How about we try to disguise you as that Dante? Because, you know, you did, like, defenseless Verständnis and you got, like, a lot of... Uh, insider knowledge um maybe it's something you can try to convince them that you maybe they are dumb i don't know you can check it and then we still have like items which can make parts of us invisible or we have yezadva who can turn us into animals yezadva can turn you into animals i'm gonna give him one of you easy two of you normal all three of you is like i'm gonna actually have to make him roll for it to use the spell three times in a row but presumably yes Oh, and Mildred. So actually four times in a row, if you all want to be animals. And we still have one uh, invisible potion, right? You do not have an invisibility no, potion. No, we don't. We don't. You yeah. have a transform into an animal potion. With all the materials we collected so far. <clears throat> you can turn into a barley sow or an elbedrich. But I mean, Cecily needs to, to be... Um... Convinced of that idea, which I don't know if it's convincing at all. I don't know. I think they're under like some kind of spell or something like that. I, I, I don't know. Glowing gold eyes means there's something going on. With Not them. glowing. Golden eyes like a wolf's eyes. Yeah, but why should they both have the same eye color? So there's something going on with the eyes. They don't have the same eye color. One of them has gold eyes like a wolf's eyes and one of them has scales oh. on their chest. Oh, I thought both have both. Then I didn't get it. So they can transform into animals. One can transform into a wolf. One can transform into a snake. Probably. Or a fish. Maybe a cabador. Then we are safe, guys. Then we are safe. Yeah, but Lucas, let's assume that it's a snake. <laughs> If that poor guy can just turn into a fish <laughs> in this dry area. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's good for in the water. They do that to attack? Or they do that to fight against someone? Or what are they protecting? I don't think it's a smart idea to show up, up there as, a, as an elf. I don't know. I don't know if that's smart. Oh, then maybe, maybe to keep it simple, maybe one of us can turn, or maybe even Yezadva, as a salamander, can try to, is it luring, luring away? Trying to get them away from it, mm -hmm. like doing some yeah. rustling in the bushes or something to get their attention. And then maybe we can all sneak into. But if, if the one is a wolf, he can smell where we are and sense it like... Smell of banana. Manana, mm -hmm. please. Manana. <laughs> He's a banana. <laughs> so the door is closed. There's no window, nothing, no other place to get into this laboratory. Not that you can see. And your mind map does not give you another entrance. You're pretty sure this is it. That I will tell you since you rolled so high. Gotta go through this door. You nervous Nancys. <laughs> I think you should try to um, talk to them, but not me. I don't think an elf is... If this connection that the elf had with this human and the way he talked to her, I don't know if they're like good friends in this area i don't know do you want to roll world lore to gain Would some gain some insight into what you've seen in your vision a net 20. <gasps> what the heck i gotta stop offering to let yes. you roll like you know you got you should have to come up with the ideas um <laughs> so michael enlighten me let me give you a little bit of insight in what you saw as it pertains to what you now know about pixie elves within this institution of people. What you have gathered is that in this institution, in this cult, 
or whatever it is, uh, pixie elves are high ranking. You saw this human bow their head to a pixie elf. You saw this pixie elf call a human uh, something like a human slive. Don't you want to live? He said, uh, listen to this, you witch. Pixie elves seem to be high ranking people in this, especially anybody associated with Dante. Why did the pixie elf hide then? Well, within this cult of people, the pixie elf is very high ranking, but maybe not in the outside world. Also, that pixie elf has wings that it was trying to hide. I actually think if we do, I mean, if you use influence points as a player, that you can easily convince them of being Dante because we know that there's so few pixie elves with actual wings. And, you know, Michael Mortheim sometimes mentioned that it looks exactly the same way I um, saw you the first time. So I think we can easily make you look like Dante. And then they wouldn't even wouldn't even dare to speak to you because maybe you have a high ranking and you're like the boss of the whole thing that maybe they don't even try to argue with you because they're scared. That makes me so nervous. Feel you. That makes me so nervous. Just to get it right, we followed those. They went into this direction, didn't they? Yeah. So it's good to assume that Dante most likely is inside. I think it's a bad idea to pose as Dante, but maybe as someone else. An acquaintance, so to say. I'm a friend. Perfect. <laughs> I'm a friend. Um, y you have learned uh, with that... Tw I'm just giving you information because you rolled a 20 on world lore. But I'm, I'm, not giving, I'm just reminding you of, of what you learned from, this, uh, from these visions, since I know it was a lot of information. He is from a land called Pixidor. And Sassley, you've heard of it. It's just another elvish community, much like the Pixie Shire. You are aware that there are other communities of pixie elves out there. This is one of them. Nothing, nothing special, nothing of note. You never had contact with them. But that's the town that Dante is in charge of, is Pixidor. Yes, yes. Sassley, just say that you are sent from Pixidor and that you have a meeting with Dante. And then I will have a meeting, and then what? <laughs> just preparing that I might have a meeting then. No, I mean, I can talk to him. Maybe I talk to him. <laughs> what could happen? He might kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what might happen? He could kill you. I was like, I, mean, I have wait, failed. Wait, I have wait, failed wait, in wait. my tasks with these, with these visions. Wait, who said, let's cross the bridge when we come to it? Who says it? <laughs> I did say, and I stand by it, and the bridge is there, and I will go over it. The question is how? <laughs> I mean, you got the cloak. I mean, you know. Mildred I'm going to say that y'all have been standing there for a while now, and these people are on guard. I'm going to roll an investigation roll for them. Oh my gosh, Michael is so mean. He just like doesn't want us <laughs> to. Just... Sorry, you guys have been like, like, I don't know if I've cut, my for podcast. our listeners, I don't know if I've cut and edited out a lot of this, but we have been talking about this for like well over 10 minutes now how they're going to answer this. It's just like Honey Heist. It's just, like <laughs> it's just Honey Heist all over again. It has to be good now, guys, or very entertaining. Uh, you are very lucky. They rolled a 7 and an 8. Boo. Easy. Okay, how about we take a few steps back so we're not longer in their Physical sight. attack it is. Physical attack it is, I think. <laughs> no! You're like standing next to a ledge. This is a hill. Like, you know that this city is filmed out of stairs. There's not much room back that you can go. This layer goes up into this hill, but behind you is a ledge that falls off into the, not, I wouldn't say the pits, but the, the ground is far below you, the next level uh, of this place. So, yes, you can back up, but I'm just saying there's not too much room. If these... Folks decide to, like, take a little stroll. Uh, you don't have that much cover. Guys, I'm so confident right now. We should do it. Guys, please. We should do what? Like, I believe in you. Yeah, you just do your thing. And then we just walk behind you. It's like your assistance. <laughs> you see also these gentlemen outside. They are wearing these black, dark robes. You can assume this is a uniform. I mean, cultists have to have a way to identify each other. <laughs> I put that out into the world. Sassley's wearing a karate gi underneath a 
jacket. I'm assuming that your wings are underneath your jacket, but that they are poking out of the karate gi. Turquoise green vest for Eric. Jasper uh, wearing suspenders and a nice outfit with a, with a great hat. You all look great, but none of you look like cultists at this moment. And Mildred's looking very fetching in a purple dress. I just want to be an animal. <laughs> Fair. And how do we get inside as animals? Um, if I'm an ant, I can just walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the salamander. No ants. <laughs> <laughs> we have to walk the whole way from here to there as ants. That will take forever. <laughs> yeah, it's such an early end for you all when you get squished in the first two minutes. <laughs> Dang it. Trust me, all we need is four cloaks and we are good to go. Four cloaks, yeah, sure. Where shall we get the cloaks? So you want to go back to the to the city and chop some cloaks? <laughs> Maybe there's another way. It is just past noon. It's not too late in the day. We have a description of the cloaks. We can try to get some. <laughs> okay. If Mildred is willing to lose a bit more money. Mildo, your treat. Okay. <laughs> She is running low on cash. I am keeping track of how much money she has. <laughs> She's low. But could this this would be my last spend. This is what I was going to use on the rental car to get us to the next destination. We can walk. Okie dokie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll say that you are able to head back into the into the city. You know this shop where there's kind of like workers' outfits. I'm thinking of the shop where Sassley was, where she bought her workers' clothes that she made look like a karate outfit. And you don't find anything that looks exactly like the cloak of a Nine-Hide Saren, but you can find a black cloak. I was like, ah, oh, it's the Nine-Hide Saren. <laughs> we always knew it was the Nine-Hide Saren. This is not new information. Sometimes I think you guys just aren't following along with the story. <laughs> <laughs> say you just don't give us awesome. anything and then you give us like a book and inform from information and then you're like here handle this and then yes okay i i, I didn't realize this wasn't clear also for anyone listening these are the einheitseren that you've been tracking yes, of course the whole time <laughs> so these cloaks that you end up finding are like a little too night like these are cloaks for dress like for a dressy occasion not for doing devious deeds, but in any case, they're the closest thing you find. Mildred is able to purchase them for you, and they have like gold buttons on them, and you just, you just kind of pop them off. You, you try to make them look as similar as possible. So everybody is in black cloaks, and you're broke. And we're heading back, and we're standing on that hill, and then we're silently looking down, and we're like, what now? I knew that. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the next thing. Okay, so we made it this far. <laughs> Okay, guys, what's the plan? I don't want to put too much pressure on you, Cecily, but it all depends on you, I think, because you are a pixie elf. No, I know. It depends a lot on me. I can handle that pressure. Okay. But I just want to know the exact story that we are, like, following. Because I cannot just go down and be like, Gamma pixie elf, how are you doing? Well, you know, you have to... You have to behave like... This is totally normal that you want to go inside. Don't even try to speak to them. And then if they speak to you, you have to be like, Oh, how do you dare speaking to me? I'm a descendant from Dante and I have to be here. So let me pass or my assistants will be mean to you. Yeah, that sounds good. Eric, what's your thought? <laughs> Trying to fool them? Sounds good. If we need to distract and influence the more I can try to cast something, but we shall see if we need to cross that bridge. Yeah. To be, we all have to be. Thanks for considering helping. What? You need to speak louder. We're not down there yet. I cannot hear you. Miss Mulberry, Eric, you and I, and even his address as Elementa, we have to be intimidating to them. Okay. Um. Yeah. How's how's this face? And she uh, smiles, but with a frown. And then, and then she wrinkles her nose. Is that like that? Is that? A, a, am I intimidating yet? Oh, I'm really scared by your face. Thank you, thank you. Maybe we're gonna end up in prison. <laughs> All right, Sassily, you're in the lead. I, I, can you handle this? Of course. 
They said, don't speak. Don't even try to speak to them. Just give them a hand sign and you, the guys handle the rest. We can all speak for you, Sassley. That's good. Okay, so we speak for Sassley. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yazerva in the pocket. Yazerva goes in the pocket. Yazerva <laughs> in the pocket. Maybe we shouldn't do a conga line. Maybe we shouldn't do a conga line. That's the music while we walk on. He is a pocket monster. We don't mind. So you approach this front door in your kind of accurate black cloaks with uh, Sassley in the lead. Sassley, are you walking with hood up? Are you walking with hood up, face down? Hood up, face feet down, out. feet out. <laughs> 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 so you walk towards them, and uh, these two men see you coming, look at each other. And take a step forward and raise their wands at you. Oh, I wasn't expecting one. Who goes there? What business do you have here? And the other looks at him nervously and nudges him in the arm. Uh, and, and then he says, I, I, I mean, uh, no, st state, your, state your business. Leslie raises her arm and she's gesturing that one of the, her, like in quotations, servants answer. <laughs> and Jasper is like stepping forward to the one who was like more frightened. I think the one with the scales. Yeah, the the yes, the one with the scales. He nudged the other one with the with the golden eyes. Mm -hmm. And he's like instantly like intimidating. How dare you speaking to our boss like this? We are here for Dante. This is a direct descendant from Cecily. Cecily, what was the what was the realm again? Pixador. Don't say my name like that. They should know I'm not Sassley. I'm whispering just say it was Pixador. Pixador. <laughs> it was from Pixador. Sassley's like, Sassley's like, silent. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, so far, so far. Uh -huh. How do they react? Yeah, I was waiting to see if you were done. So, so Sassley just says silence in this moment. Let us pass. We are from Pixador. Okay, they say they're from the two look at each other. I'm going to roll a roll for them because Jasper said you were one of Dante's descendants. Oh, why did I do that? I don't know. Why did you do that? Sounded convincing to me. Ooh. 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 I guess it's how much luck it is, guys. They look very... <laughs> They do look very intimidated. Well, first of all, tell me how many influence points you have spent. I will say this is a performance from you, Sassley. Uh, it's a performance from both of you. You can combine your influence points since the both of you are kind of put on a performance together. I really think we should save one for later. So I'm going to start with two. Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Eric? Anything to add? I can add. Um, I'm thinking about oh, what he could do. Dang it. I will say this. At the mention of a descendant of Dante, the one with the golden eyes looks at the one with the scales and goes, descendant, huh? And you smell problem. Überfordert. <laughs> I'm greatly, greatly overwhelmed ah dang it okay wait 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 yeah all right um <clears throat> 10 seconds no i don't get it. brain brain goes brr <laughs> that's fine so these two nudge each other and they say dante is the last of his line and has no descendants who are you really and what are you doing here and you see a dark light on the wand of the golden-eyed one. The other one's standing a little further back, not quite sure, intimidated by a pixie elf who knows the right things to say. We still covered the wings. You covered the wings. Cecily raises her hands both, and she's like, How dare you talk to me like that? You don't want to feel my anger. Descendants is not just being descendants by blood. It can also be by a strong magical bond. But how could you even know about that? Humans. 
two more influence points. Two more influence points. Yes. And Jasper is like supportively nodding. <laughs> okay. Are you also putting another influence point or something in there? One. You put one more influence point in there. You see the light disappear from this wand as you speak, Sassley. These are the right words to say. This is how you like see a recognition in the eyes of these men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other looks to see that Jasper is nodding along. And this deferential behavior. Okay, uh, maybe these are legitimate. You see the one with the scales whispers in the ear of the other one. And I cast def- a defensive verständnis. Mm-hmm. That is a 14. A 14. You do pick up a little snippet of what he's, he's thinking, what he's saying at this moment. Get in there anyway, then let them deal with them. Not much of a chance. And then he backs away. One more investigation roll for them. That's fine. They both nod. They look at each other. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, please enter, of course. And, um, But if you tell anyone that we're here, I will figure this out. And I will come after you. And this will not be pleasant, because this is a surprise. Can Jasper... While she says it, can he quietly wraps her cloak and pull it up a bit so that they can have a glimpse on her wings? You want to do that? I, 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 I would not like that. I strongly advise from doing that. Oh, I, would, I would think that would really convince them. And even after what you just said, they would just be completely silent. I mean, the thing is that they are already... They let us in already. Yeah, but you still don't know whether they're going to talk about it or not. So you really need to give them the rest. Sassley knows enough to know that this is the only door. So if they let you enter and they stay out here and they guard the door, that's where the information train stops mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. They might talk to people later. Uh, they certainly will. But as long as they don't escort you in, then no one's going to know better. Okay. Sassley, one more thing. Since I rolled an investigation, check about this. When you cast Defenseless for Stennis, I rolled an investigation check. The reason is that you have never seen another elf use a wand. Elves using wands would be strange. In your vision, when Dante blasted electricity out of himself, when the elves behind him threw an icy wind, they didn't use wands to cast this magic. They failed that investigation. You, they did not see you use the wand. Gotcha. So one takes a key from his pocket, breast pocket, unlocks the door. (coughs) Please enter. And again, sorry for any inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. No problem. She just... (laughs) 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 So relieved. The most most confused look on their faces as the door (laughs) swings shut behind you. And Sassley looks at all of them and she collapses. That was too much for her. That was so much stress. She's like, oi, 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 oi. You find yourselves in a long, dark hallway made of stone. And there's no one else here with you. Just a cold dampness. One of you feels a strange sensation take over them. There are crystals, just like the ones that you've seen all over the city, built into the fabric of this place. But not a single one is glowing blue. Red light filters through the hallway and lights this stone. You are in a den of deftness. You feel the filth, the slickness of shadowy magic permeate the air around you as you now enter the heart of the Einheitsherren. Coming.
Our magician master is Michael Moore. Sassily Mary Nature Spring is Nadine Kuhn. Jasper Casper is Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller is Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richard, with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Genie. Welcome to the dark side of our podcast. The danger is only growing more apparent, and the shadows continue to stretch further as the sun of our character's peace sets and a long night of peril begins. Or something like that. Yes, it seems our characters are really in the thick of it so far, and I hope that you're enjoying it as much as we are. If you're loving the story so far, don't forget you can support us for as little as two euros a month and uh, on Patreon, and we will be forever grateful and indebted to you. That's patreon.com slash jkwearrolling. If you are already a patron, don't forget to vote for your favorite Ross Ehrenman movie that we will write a scene for and record with our cast. The current leading movie is My Little Pony, the prequel, the musical, but there are other contenders. It's a close race. Don't miss out on giving us your vote. Uh, I will close that poll in the next week so that I can get to work on the project, so don't miss out. You can follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram especially is where we like to hang out. It's jk.word.rolling, and you can find all of us actors on Instagram as well. Kinder.Sebastian, Michael Moore underscore cat, Lucas Fisherman, all one word, and Nadine Kuhn, that's K-U-E-H-N. Check us out, look us up, we're we're doing stuff. Uh, Everybody on this podcast are such uh, special, fantastic humans, fantastic actors. Uh, Yeah, check, check them out, and then check me out if you have really nothing else to do. And that's it for me this week. So... Until next time, folks, keep your head, brain sharp, and your wand at the ready. Uh, yeah, is everybody ready? Get ready. Here we go. <coughs> take a breath. Take a drink. I'm going to take a drink. Take, the, take a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee? Oh, I wish. Coffee? Yeah. What is coffee, my precious?